Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in couples counseling. Be sure to follow me on social if you're not already. You can find me at Dr. Wyatt Fisher. How would you like to have an entire day just for your marriage? How would you like to resolve your resentments and rekindle your love? How would you like to learn nine tools on how to move your marriage from surviving to thriving? Well, if you would like to do any of those things, attend my Total Marriage Refresh conference coming up in Los Angeles, December 3rd. It's a day just for you and your partner to unplug, get away from the craziness of life, and give your marriage undivided attention. And I'll be there with you the entire day. There's six different sessions, and after each session, there's 30-minute breakout times where I walk around, answer your questions, and I'm there for you to support you in your marriage journey. So if you're interested, if you want to attend the Total Marriage Refresh, be sure to click the link in the description to learn more, and I hope to see you there. So today I'm going to talk about mastering the art of apology, repairing relationship damage. We need to learn how to apologize. You need to learn how to apologize if you're in a long-term committed relationship like marriage because you're going to hurt your partner's feelings. You're going to do things that upset them. You're going to do things that frustrate them. You're not going to meet their needs perfectly. Therefore, you need to learn how to apologize. And today I'm going to talk about exactly the steps you need to follow to make an effective apology. Number one is you need to summarize your partner's complaint. That's the first step. You need to summarize for two reasons. One is you need to make sure you heard the complaint correctly. So when your partner is telling you the complaint, when they're telling you what hurt their feelings, when they're telling you what you did that frustrated them, what do you do? You summarize their complaint. But summarizing is tricky because we may not agree with their complaint. We may not think they are accurately interpreting our behavior. And so we want to put in our own spin. We want to slightly mock their interpretation. We want to put in our own take when we're trying to summarize. Don't do that. So when you're summarizing, you have to summarize exactly what your partner is saying without any attitude, without any angle that you're trying to argue your side of it. So the summary can sound like this. So you feel Like, I have a pattern of X, and it makes you feel Y, and it taps into your core need for Z. Is that right? So you're just summarizing back what you heard them say, what what their complaint was. So that is helpful for two reasons. One is it's helpful for me as the listener to make sure I heard it correctly. Because when we're hearing a complaint, we have our own tapes going on in our head. But it's also helpful for our partner because then they know we heard them and they have a chance to edit it. That's why at the end of the summary, you wanna say, is that correct? Because it may not be. They may not have said what they wanna say. So that gives them an opportunity to edit and change what they're trying to say back. So that's step number one to making an apology is you have to summarize back your partner's complaint to make sure you heard it correctly. Number two is the 50% rule. This is the most important step. And I've talked about this elsewhere, but it's worth mentioning again. The 50% rule says that the entire complaint is probably not your fault because there probably was circumstances going on that was beyond your control. 
Your partner may have sensitivity around this area or wounds from their past and they're projecting it onto you. That's not your fault. However, you probably can't say that none of it was your fault. So what you're listening for when you hear the complaint is you're thinking, what is the piece I can own? What's the part? That's why I call it the 50% rule. Because sometimes you may think, mm, I can own about 20% of this. Other times, mm, I can own about 90% of this. But a lot of times, it's going to be somewhere in the middle, maybe around 50%. You don't say this out loud. Number two is a silent step. And this is where you're just mulling it over and you're thinking, what is the sliver of truth? What is the piece? What's the part of this I can own? How am I contributing to this? How am I making it worse? What's my part? That may come to you immediately like a conviction. Other times you might have to mull it over. You may have to stop right here after you hear the complaint to really think it through. What is the part of this complaint that I am guilty of? What's the part that I could be doing better at? I know I'm making it worse by doing that. What is that piece for me? If you get stuck on that, you might need to work with a coach or a counselor because this can happen with couples I see in my practice when we're going through making a proper apology, a lot of times people get stuck with what to own. And then they'll say something that they did, but you can tell they don't think it was wrong. And that's not ownership either. You own something that you think you are doing wrong. That's the ownership. So that's number two is the 50% rule for you to really think through what is the part you can own. And that leads me to number three, which is ownership. Ownership is when you say to your partner, I own that I have a tendency to blank, whatever that is. I own I have a tendency to be a poor listener, or I own I have a tendency to get self-absorbed, or I own I have a tendency to be controlling, or I own I have a tendency to want to fix instead of empathize. Whatever it is, you own the part that you can own. And then you don't say any of the reasons why you do it, because then it's just going to sound like defensiveness. So for example, if I said, I own that I tend to get defensive because you are critical. <laughs> if I said that, then obviously that's watering down what I just did, because now I'm blaming you for my behavior. By the way, watch out for that trap. I've seen so many couples, and it's so easy to do, where they'll say, I wouldn't do my behavior if you were doing your behavior. It's a cop-out. Under that logic, you're never responsible for your behavior because you're always blaming it on your partner. Now, obviously, how your partner behaves and acts is going to influence you to want to react in a certain way. However, remember, it's always a choice. No matter what your partner is saying to you, no matter what your partner does, no matter how your partner behaves, it's always a choice with how you respond. So take ownership for your part, no matter what your partner has said or done. That's the definition of ownership because it's still a choice how you respond back to your partner. Number four is you're going to empathize. This is where you're going to really try to put yourself in your partner's shoes, considering your partner's upbringing, considering their values, considering their insecurities, considering their needs considering their hopes for the future, considering their stressors. When you consider all those parts of what makes your partner who they are, then it will start to make sense to you why certain things make them feel the way that it does. 
So that's true empathy. Empathy is not if you would feel the same as your partner. You're a different person. So feeling the same thing they feel is going to be very rare. So instead, think of empathy as literally seeing the world through their lens based on what makes them who they are. When you start thinking of empathy that way, it becomes a math problem. Because now as you're listening to them talk or listening to them share their complaint, you can think to yourself, oh, well, it makes sense. That bothers them because that probably taps into that wound they had. Or no wonder that hurt their feelings because that's one of their top needs. Or no wonder that frustrated them because that's part of their stressors that they, they grapple with. You'll start connecting these dots and therefore empathy starts to, to become a math problem in your head as you're listening to the complaint. And that's why you can make this empathy statement. So an empathy statement sounds like this. I can see how my pattern of X would make you feel Y. That's the empathy statement. And I can say that with sincerity because I'm looking at the situation through my partner's lens. The next one is the apology. The apology is similar to the empathy. All of these steps are a part of the apology, but there's a specific step just for the apology as well. So this is where you're gonna say, I am so sorry for how my tendency to do X has made you feel Y. Now don't get caught up in, oh, am I really making them feel Y? And I don't know if that's I should really say that. Don't worry about that. Some people overthink that. Don't do that. Just make the apology. I'm sorry for how my tendency to do X has made you feel Y. Now we're ready for number six. Number six is making amends. So when you're thinking about making amends for this part you're apologizing for, this part you're owning, the part you empathize with, now you need to start thinking about what do I do about it? Because the best way to say sorry is changed behavior. However, change is hard. Change comes slowly, but if you're apologizing to your partner for something and then you don't make any changes and you keep doing the same behavior, that's going to create even more resentment. It's going to make it worse than it was in the first place. So it's vital that you make a concerted effort to do something, to make some adjustments and to sustain those changes because the best way to say sorry is change behavior. So as you're listening to the complaint and you're thinking about this part you're owning, now you need to think about what are some adjustments I can make moving forward that are also going to work for me. Because if they don't work for me, it's not going to be sustainable. And don't do just simplistic solutions here. A lot of people will say, well, I'll just get better. I'll just work on it. I'll just try to become more mindful. All that's great. But you need to think of concrete steps of what you can do to improve. You might be stuck. You might not be sure what to do. In those moments, you can say, I'm going to research this. I'm not quite sure how to become a better listener. I'm not quite sure how to become less controlling. I'm not quite sure how to fill in the blank, but I'm going to learn how. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to find some articles. Maybe I'll listen to some podcasts. Maybe I'll read a book. You can commit to research because that's a first step with discovering how to improve. And then you're going to ask your partner, what do you think? And what else would you appreciate? That gives your partner a chance to speak to what they would love to see. Now, whatever they say, it doesn't mean you have to do it. During this making amends phase, you're just generating ideas. You're just cultivating options. So let's say you generate with your partner three to five ideas for change. 
Now you, the one who's making the apology, gets to pick and choose which of those ideas you're going to work on. And the reason that's important is because you need to feel in control, not that you're being force-fed. So since you get to pick and choose what you want to work on, that's going to keep your internal motivation high, which means there's going to be more follow-through. And that's what it's all about. So when it comes to making amends, just make sure, again, you're slowing down, really thinking it through, and then you want to write that down somewhere. I suggest writing it on the notes section on your phone. Write down what you're committing to working on. And then several days a week, pull that up and then look at it. You know, I've done this in my marriage through the years. I call it a partner cheat sheet. Whenever my wife and I would have a conflict, we would use the reunite tool or one of the tools and go through it. And then at the end, there's always takeaways, things that I could be working on, things she could be working on. But all my personal takeaways, I write them down and I call it a partner cheat sheet. I write them down and then I review that cheat sheet a couple times a week. Do you know what it does? It changes my behavior because I become mindful of it. I'm aware of it. I catch myself. It's a little rocky at first, a little rough, but the more I review it, the more I meditate on it and think about it, eventually I start doing the new behavior. I start making the adjustment. And then before long, that becomes my new normal. So I intentionally practice that in my marriage because when I tell my wife I'm going to make an adjustment, I want her to trust my word. And therefore, I take that very seriously and I study it, I think about it, I reflect on it, I start making the changes. And do you know what that does? It brings hope. Because when your partner starts to make changes, it brings hope. And we all want to feel hope in our marriage. So make sure you take your amends very seriously and think about it, reflect on it, and look at them several times a week so that you make some sustainable changes over time. So that's how to master the art of apology and repair relationship damage. Number one, you want to summarize your partner's complaint. Number two, reflect on the 50% rule, which means what's the piece here I can own that I could do better at? Number three, make an ownership statement. Number four, empathize with how your behavior would make your partner feel. Number five, apologize. Number six, make amends. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to share this episode with one other person to pay it forward. Also, if you want to improve your marriage, be sure to take advantage of my ABCs. A is my app, Keep the Glow, KTG. That will help you and your partner maximize your communication skills. B is my boot camp. If you want to learn all my tools, join the boot camp. And I join once a week live for Q&A so you have support and C, start coaching with one of my master coaches. That's to help you and your partner have individualized support to work through your resentments. If you want to learn more, go to the description and click on the links. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it and nurture it, you will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, you will wilt and die. The choice is up to you.